Hi, Sally. Hey, Tyler. How's it going? Going well. How are you? I'm great. Wonderful. I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about recording our episode. Yay! <laughs> I'm excited that um, we're interviewing someone who's not me. Yes. Always good. Always fun. Um, and it also takes the pressure off of me asking all the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is always nice. <laughs> uh, so what's the best thing that happened to you this week? Oh, boy. Um, the best thing that happened to me this week is I had an opportunity to voice to my boyfriend some things that I've been feeling in our relationship that I'm ready to shift and some things that I've realized that I am going to require going forward. Mm-hmm. That I, that sounds really like scary, I feel like, but <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> it was really great, and he really received everything I said very well, and I've already felt such a big shift in our relationship, and it makes me so excited. It's always so exciting to be like, oh, mm-hmm. like I just ask for what I wanted and things are already different and that's pretty amazing to be with someone like that. Mm-hmm. I love it. So good. What about you? Um, I, what's the best thing that happened to me this week? Um, I saw Civil War. I don't know if that's the best thing, but it stands out. I saw Captain America Civil War. I had a really great time. It was at the Dine-In Theater. Anytime we go to the Dine-In Theater, I have a good time. And they've got a new menu now. Oh, what did you the, eat? The third, the third time they changed the menu. I ate the traditional mac and cheese, which is now no longer traditional because now it's got bacon and chicken tenders in it. So really, they should not call it the traditional mac and cheese anymore. <laughs> they should call it something else. Meaty chicken mac and cheese. Chicken tenders in mac and cheese is a weird thing. That's weird, right? It was delicious. I don't know. I mean, I eat chicken tenders and like spinach. This is like one of my new meals. So I feel like chicken tenders and anything is great. Oh boy. It was really good. Really, really good. I loved it. Great. So our guest today is my mom, Tamara Curtis. And she is coming on to talk to us about joining the creme, which if you listen to our last episode is the personal growth program that I talked about joining. Um, and if you listen to the last episode, you already know that my mom made the decision to join at the same time. So she has agreed to come on today and talk with us about that. So hi, mom. Yay. Tam is here. Hi, Tyler. Hi, Sally. Woohoo. Yay! We're so excited that you're here with us today. I'm excited to be here. It's an honor. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, I'm particularly jazzed because this is going to provide such a fun, I guess, I guess it's not totally a counterpart. Sure, we're going to call it a counterpart to (laughs) Tyla's story um, in the last episode. And obviously focusing on you too, like as your own person, because you're your own person. But I think it'll be fun for any kind of intersections and overlaps and seeing anything that, that starts, that sparks from there. Yeah, I know. I think it's, um, I think it can be easy to forget or to overlook that even when two people make the same decision or experience the same thing, their experiences are going to be completely different just based on who they are and where they are. So I think it'll be really fun to take a look at how that factors in mm-hmm. to this. Mm-hmm. 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 
Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get this show on the road. All right. Well, I, my first question um, is, Mom, did you know coming into the weekend um, – well, let me catch everybody up. We were at a live coaching event for a weekend, and did you know that there would be an opportunity to make a $20,000 investment in yourself when you came into that weekend? I had no idea. Originally, I didn't have any idea what the BFL or Beautiful for Life weekend was about. Um, as you know, I kind of invited myself along. I felt called to be there when I saw it online. And so, no, I had no idea that the crims existed or what they were or what the program was about. And certainly a $20,000 investment might have kept me home, scared me away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's set the scene a bit because you, so you didn't know, you weren't familiar with Tara and her work or the crime. You didn't know about it. Um, and so then you come to this event, you feel called to be there. What was it like for you leading up to the decision to join the creme? The Walking into the beautiful conference room where we were having the meeting on the very first day, I was blown away by the power of the energy in the room. Um, I had not met Tara Marino, and I had not met anyone else there except for the two of you, and yet the minute I walked into the room, I could just feel how welcoming it was and how at home I felt, and I just knew that I was in the presence of something very special. Yeah. Um, that feeling continued to grow as we moved through the session on the first day. And leading up to joining the CRIM was pr a pretty amazing experience in itself, just watching the women who were there, those who were already in the CRIM, um, other women who had been coming to Tara's events for a while and who knew each other. It was just such a loving atmosphere, and the crims, and of course I didn't even know who they were or what they were called at that point. Those particular women had a, a radiance about them that was just mm -hmm. amazing. So it was something that I was very interested in and curious about. So mm -hmm. as you, um, you said that they like kind of had a radiance about them. When did you realize that those women had all been through, that those women that you were looking at had all been through the CREM program? I did not realize that until at some point Tara recognized them by stating that they were all sitting together at specific tables in the front of the room. Hmm. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, did that pique your curiosity? Were you like, oh, this is like interesting. I've already noticed that these women all seem to be particularly shining brightly. It really did pique my curiosity. It made me want to know more about what 
this CRIM thing was and how it worked, what the, what the progression was. I was just very curious. Okay, so you're at the event. You get to the part where she is talking about the crems, introducing, introducing the crems, the sales pitch, as it were. Um, so if you had to describe how you were feeling in one word, what would it be? I think it would have to be exhilarated. I was also, I was also scared, a little apprehensive, but I was really exhilarated. Can you speak a little bit to what you were feeling scared of? I think the apprehension was just stepping into the unknown, not knowing exactly what was coming, but also having a real sense of the fact that it was really going to bring change to my life. Hmm. And what was the application journey like for you? The application journey was very interesting. Um, We did that as a part of our homework from the session at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And just answering the questions on the application took me on something of a journey in itself because the questions were questions that really made me dig pretty deeply in terms of looking at where I was and what I wanted in life. So they were they were very thought provoking and they brought up emotions in me that surprised me. Mm, like what? Um there was Definitely the element of realizing that I felt like I had been in limbo for a long time and that emotion of really wanting to experience movement and progression in my life. I had experienced some medical issues in the four or five years prior to joining the CRIM that had entailed me being in a lot of pain. Mm -hmm. And I had gone through a surgery that actually relieved that pain and was allowing me to enjoy life at a fuller level again. But the years prior to that had also left me feeling very, mm, let me think for a minute for the word, had left me feeling completely wiped out physically and emotionally. Mm. And in feeling that spent I was very tired all the time, and the depth of the questions in the application brought a lot of that emotion and realization up inside of me that that the pain had taken a much larger toll on me than I realized, Mm -hmm. and that there was still an element of feeling like physically I was still not caught up to a place where I felt like me. 
This is so interesting because I don't know that I had ever thought about that in terms of you deciding to apply for the CREM. I think it's maybe interesting to speak a little bit to how much pain you really were in. And I feel like you felt like you would never like live a normal life again until you had this surgery. And so it's like, then you have the surgery, you're kind of back to what you think is your normal self. And then you realize that at that point, you're still not exactly where you want to be. Is that, is that kind of, have I understood you correctly? Yes, that's a, that's a good summary. I had truly not realized how much of a toll it had taken and that in the process I also felt like I had lost a piece of myself because it had affected work, it had affected my personal life, it affected everything. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, as I say, it left me feeling in limbo because the other thing that happened is that coming out of the surgery, I expected a much faster recovery in terms of feeling like myself again. And so it was incredible and marvelous and amazing to be no longer in pain. But the fact that it was taking my body a while to catch back up was unexpected. Mm -hmm. And all this came up for you just in filling out the application? It did. Mm. That's amazing. At that point, had you decided that you were indeed going to apply, or were you just filling the application out kind of as an exercise? At that point, I was still filling the application out as an exercise. It was, by the time I got through filling out the application, is the point at which I was going, oh my, (laughs) I think I'm doing this. Was it... (laughs) Was it because so much came up in the application that you that you felt that way? That was a big part of it, but also, as I said before, I was fascinated by the women that I had seen that were already in the cram. They just each seemed to have an inner light that made it obvious that they liked who they were, they were comfortable in their own skin, that they had reached some kind of a level in personal growth that allowed them to just exude this incredible light. Mm. And by the time I got through filling out the form, I was beginning to see how that could happen.
Mm. Wow. That's amazing. It really mm-hmm. is. Yeah. And it's so interesting from my application process, which I like don't even remember really. Mm. Okay. So you, you show up at this event. You don't <laughs> even know what's happening. <laughs> There's a pitch. It surprises you. You don't even see that coming. <laughs> um, and then you, you fill out this application and you're like, oh shit, this is, this is it. This is happening. Um, what happened for you or I guess what was the experience like between filling out the application and that kind of, oh shit moment? Um, what like oh shit i'm actually gonna do this yeah (laughs) yeah from the first oh shit to the oh shit kind of (laughs) kind of moment those two moments (laughs) well part of that journey at that point involved tyla Mm -hmm. because she too had filled out the application and the one thing that I thought about was that, and we had not discussed whether or not she was joining. We were just filling out the applications. And in the process, realizing from the depth of the questions in the application that obviously to get where they were going, the women in this group had done some very deep work. And so the next thing that came up for me was, if we're getting that deep and that honest, is that something I'm willing to do in front of my daughter? Mm -hmm. And is she, if she's truly interested, going to be able to do that in front of me? Mm. And so it was important for us to have a conversation about that because, as you say, at that oh shit moment, I am I know that I am compelled at this point that I will do this program. Mm. There may be a question of when, but I mm-hmm. will do this program. Mm-hmm. So I, when Tyla and I talked about it and how I asked her how she felt about doing it together, I think that was the way it went. And she basically said she wasn't sure. That it wasn't the most exciting thought in the world. <laughs> um, we decided we'd just... We would give ourselves a little time and think about it and talk about it again uh, before we turned in our applications. And... When we came back and talked about it the second time, you want to tell them what you said to me, Tyla? Uh, no, because I said it on the last episode, so okay. I'd love to hear it from your perspective. Um, <laughs> she basically told me that she would be, she was not sure she wanted us to be in the program together, that that did have did feel uncomfortable, but that if I felt as strongly about it as 
as she did, that she'd be disappointed in me if I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And I told her that knowing that Tara selected the applications energetically, that I believed that if we were not supposed to be doing it together, that we would not both be selected for the program. Mm-hmm. So we agreed to turn them in and see what happened. And here we are. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> and I remember that she, I remember her saying um, afterwards when she kind of announced everyone that you guys ended up being selected and that you were mother-daughter but that she didn't know. And I remember that being kind of a big deal to people, um, which to me I was like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I it's it. I guess what I'm realizing first in talking to Tyla and now in talking again, that the entire time I was like not surprised by anything. I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> like, oh, well, duh. Of course this is happening. Of course this is where we're headed. Of course this is what's going on. Um, and so it's just so, it's really interesting and lovely to hear both of you talk about what the experience it was like for you because obviously I, I mean, I was there with you but I wasn't really with you and it was each of you were going through your own journey and were yeah just really evolving all on your own and each of us had a very unique process leading up to both of you joining the creme and then afterwards for sure because then afterwards I mean then you guys were like taken away and it was my first time really like alone Um, and so like there was that and, um, and then you guys were like in, in a way that I was not, which then, um, which was also cool because I was like, oh man, look at them. They look so great. (laughs) Such great things are happening. (laughs) Not to make it all about me, but, but it's just like, that's the awareness that I'm having right now. It's like, because of, which I don't think that I really had consciously at the time just like oh my god look at them go like that's just all that I kept thinking other than oh of course this is happening <laughs> of course that of was course. not a question guys that was just a comment <laughs> <laughs> just just an aside um so the weekend ends you go back home what was it like to re-enter the real world having made this huge decision It was crazy to be re-entering the, as you say, the real world. It felt very surreal, almost as though it was a dream and it hadn't happened. Hmm. On the other hand, it was very, very exciting to know and understand the possibility for growth and change that was that was available to me at that point when I got home I went back and reread my intention that I had written for BFL before we got there Mm. and my intention was to fully honor and embody the power of my own light in the world 
as mm. I consistently share myself fully, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, I will play full out. <laughs> and when I read it, I had to laugh because it was like, well, no wonder you felt compelled. You put it out there before you ever left, even though you mm -hmm. didn't know what you were stepping into. Mm -hmm. So coming home, um, when you've been to that kind of an event where you're surrounded by that many people that are in the same place for the same purpose, with that kind of energy that's so uplifting, I think there does come a point when you get home that you feel a little lost and you feel some letdown. That definitely happened early on for me. I think that a part of that for me, though, was also that I knew going into BFL, the, going into the weekend, that I was at a crossroads in my business and in my personal life where I definitely didn't want to keep doing things the same way. And having gone through the physical crisis or the health crisis, I had pretty much used up my retirement to cover medical expenses and living expenses over that lengthy period of time where I could not work. Mm -hmm. Coming back to work, I was no longer physically able to do massage, which is what I had done for 20 years prior. And I also combined energy work with that polarity, Reiki, cranial sacral. And I could still do the energy work, and I love that. That's my first passion. However, I knew that work-wise, everything in that needed to shift for me, that it was not enough anymore. Mm -hmm. So I really felt somewhat in limbo because I knew at least now I had the possibility for a lot of support to make the change, but that wasn't happening quite yet. So I felt a little lost, hmm. but very excited. Hmm. I'm interested to know your experience after you returned home talking about this to the people that you were close to because I know that I I was definitely not shy. I told you know my boss and my close friends and my boyfriend I signed up for this thing and it was a big investment. And of course the question was almost always how much did it cost? And from the beginning I I was telling people um, I'm not sure why I was doing that, but I'm just wondering because I that experience of owning the decision with my nearest and dearest was very interesting for me. And so I'm wondering what that experience was like for you or if you, how you navigated that. 
That was an interesting process for me because, again, the fact that I had not been working as much prior to this and that I stepped into this at a point where, in my mind, somebody that wasn't... (laughs) Insane wouldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a feeling I know. I was not, I was not anxious to share with people how much money I had committed myself to, to in the pursuit of my own personal growth, even though I knew that it was essential. Mm -hmm. I shared with my brothers and I did share with my best friends. But beyond that, I did not share with people how much of an investment that I had made, Mm -hmm. dollar-wise. Why do you Mm -hmm. think that is, just out of curiosity? A couple of reasons. For me, finances have always been something that are private, that you really don't talk about mm-hmm. um, beyond your inner circle. Um, and the other thing was I just flat wasn't terribly comfortable with it because I was already in a position where I had debt that I needed to repay and so I, I felt irresponsible to some degree in stepping out and going for it like this. Mm-hmm. Has that shifted now? I mean, we're a year out. Um, you know, and I was very transparent when, when I was talking about my experience that I've not yet even begun to pay the money back and that it's sitting on a 0% interest credit card. But the way I feel about it is different than is in how I felt about it at that time. So I'm wondering if the way you feel about it has also shifted. That has shifted for me. Um, I know that it's the best investment that I ever made to actually step forward and own for myself what I needed to be able to move forward and break through some of the barriers that have been holding me back. Being visible is one of those. Mm. Being willing to step up, step forward, and actually own the fact that I have powerful light to share and powerful gifts to share with people. Being in the crim has gifted me an experience of love and support at a level that is just unmatched in my experience. Mm -hmm. The power of women journeying together and working together to know themselves better, to break through those upper limit beliefs, those self-limiting beliefs, 
the power of a circle of women that is so magnified by the fact that you are working together has just amazed me. It has taught me so much about myself, about the world, about the fact that not even just as women, but as human beings, we are all so much alike. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And that we all have mostly the same fears and the same dark imaginings <laughs> and that we also have the same aspirations or levels of aspiration and hope and dreams and when we share them it lifts everybody up Mm. so yeah it's the best investment I ever made so to answer the question that you actually asked (laughs) Tyla as how I feel about the money shifted yes and I did the same thing Um, that investment was one that I would make again it is one that I did the same thing and put it on a 0% card and have yet to pay that back. Mm -hmm. And does that feel, how does that feel for you? Does that feel okay? That, that feels okay. That doesn't feel great. Mm -hmm. I would love to have that taken care of by now. Mm-hmm. I do know that it will be, and that, as I said, I would do it again, given the same choice. And I know that it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the important thing. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear one or two of your favorite moments in, throughout your crumb journey. Ooh, juicy. <laughs> wow, Sally. I know. I just, you know, you were talking about everything, and it's, it's interesting because I think that when people aren't used to investing themselves in this way, it all seems very airy-fairy, and it all seems very like, oh, you know, and you sit around and you sing Kumbaya, and then everyone heals. <laughs> but I know that it's been fun, so, <laughs> so I, want, I want to know, like, what are one or two real, like, big highlights, the moments that you really enjoyed? I mean, and they can be airy-fairy moments, I guess. They don't have to be. That's allowed. <laughs> That's allowed. I'll accept that this time. <laughs> Wait, I have a moment that I want to share. Is that okay or not? And this is not my episode. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you should share. I think you should both share. Okay. Tam, share first. I asked you first. Favorite moments. There are there are lots of favorite moments. That one, that one is... Uh, a bit challenging. Mm. 
I like to think of myself as a world-class reporter. Well, you've done it. You've done it. I have to think about that question. You may want to let Tyla answer first because I'm going oh, to have to think about that. Yeah, let me go because okay. it's, it's relevant. Sure. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, boy. Now I'm not sure how to answer this question without getting really deep into some of the processing that we do. Um, okay, here I go. so we were just thinking about the concept of the feminine and within our own within our own lives like kind of how we have associated with that concept and this was at a live event so we're all in a room together um you know not sitting around singing kumbaya but (laughs) kind of the same thing um and Tara said, she was like, you know, this is going to be strongly associated with, most likely with your mother. And, oh boy, I, you know, immediately was like, well, I'm not going to be able to share out loud on this one. Um, mm-hmm. And in working through and processing, I realized that a concept that I had really strongly associated with the, with the feminine was the concept of being a, a martyr. And... I didn't want to say that out loud because I was afraid that it would um, hurt uh, hurt your feelings, Mom. Um, but then the next day, you were talking to another woman in the group, and you said to her, I was not even in the conversation. I was just, like, listening. Um, you said to her that you came into this program with a strong intention to clear a generational pattern for the women in our family um, of the woman as a martyr. And I remember it's like, um, <laughs> that we had used the same word and that the word that I had associated with the feminine was something that in that moment became very clear to me, didn't come from you, but had been passed down in our family for generations. And, that for me was one of my favorite moments and one of the most powerful moments because I was like, Oh, this shit's real. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And it made it, it, you know, you talked about me being able to be open and honest with my growth and my experience and having you say the word gave me permission to say the word, you know? And it, it, it kind of took away any feeling of like blame um, or like finger pointing. And instead it was just like, no, here is the thing that we've learned somehow. And we're here because we want to unlearn it and it's nobody's fault and it's safe to be open about it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, at this point, we were at, this live event was in, in France, and we were in a place where it almost felt like a cocoon because we were so <laughs> far removed. We were in a chateau in France. We can say that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We were experiencing some beauty and 
some loving care and at the same time we were doing some very deep work and one of my favorite experiences during the time that we were there was also when we were doing some of the processing and I do not remember what the question was that was asked that we were going or what specifically what we were addressing at this point but whatever it was I had one of those moments also where I was thinking there's no way that we need to be sitting with an earshot of each other during this particular conversation and before I could even completely have the thought one of the other crims who was helping to facilitate caught my eye from across the room and motioned for me to move across the room over there by her. She was already reading the situation for both of us. Mm -hmm. And the experience of all of the crims being so loving and so aware and so supportive of our relationship but also of making sure that we still got to have our own journey mm-hmm. was was amazing. Well, and I also feel that, like, without a doubt, if we just, like, walk into a room to sit down, we inevitably end up, like, sitting down next to each other and then having to move. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> every time we would go to an event, like, the only open chair would be the one next to me and you would come sit down and I would be like, ah, <laughs> I can't sit next to you. I love you so much, but this is too I know, close. and vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> and another favorite event for me was, again, in France, And that was having the opportunity to see our mentor bring one of her dreams into reality. And for me, that was an amazing time because we had been doing so much processing and so much work on what our beliefs are and what are the things that keep us from doing what we want to do, from being who we want to be. And for me, having the opportunity to see and to participate in the process of her bringing one of her dreams to life, which was uh, actually a runway fashion show in Paris with her own clothing line was beyond incredible because she was doing it in such a way that she was coming from a completely different energy than that which exists in the fashion industry as a whole. And for me, it would not have mattered how it was received by the fashion industry. The fact that she had the courage to do it was what counted and the look on her face as she came out at the conclusion 
you could just tell that there was no high like that. Hmm. And you could feel it. I feel, I gotta make an observation here. I feel like you get super turned on by other women fulfilling their desires or like even claiming them and owning uh -huh. them. Mm -hmm. I don't, I never knew that about you and I really love it. I feel like it reframes a lot of, I don't know, I guess, I guess not how I see you, but I guess it's just an interesting lens and observation. I dig it. It's, it's, for me, it's an inspiration to see other people claiming themselves and claiming their light and claiming their power. And that, that is my aspiration mm. in my, my passion is to facilitate that for other people. I have done that in, at different times and places through my work. Uh, where it just worked so that people were in the right place and the right time and I was being provided through spirit with the right questions to help them answer some of the things that were going on for them and that's what I'm trying to develop at this point, what I'm putting together. And again, this journey has helped facilitate me doing that. Mm. I love it. It's exciting. <laughs> well, um, I want to switch gears a little bit, if that's okay. Um, okay. Because we touched very briefly... In, when I talked about joining the crim on the topic of the boudoir photos, but we didn't really delve into that as much as I necessarily would have liked. But I would love to hear, I would love to hear what that process was like for you of having those photos taken and then receiving them. I know that when I saw your photos, I cried. I was like, I've never <laughs> seen you look so beautiful ever. Um, I want to know how, I want to know how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was a fun, I, fun is not the right word because it wasn't. That was a challenging thing for mm. me. I looked forward to it in a way And yet I had reservations about it. And it wasn't even really about reservations about the, sh about the shoot or doing it as much as whether or not I would be able to relax into it and play and enjoy it the way I wanted to. Did you feel that you were able to? By, by probably midway through the session, yes. It took me a little while, but our photographer was amazing. And she made it so easy that, yes, it was. By the time, by the time we hit the midpoint, it was really, it was really becoming fun. And 
when we got done, I was excited to see the photos. I couldn't wait to see the photos. And how did you feel when you when finally I re- saw them? When I received the photos, I actually did what was suggested and made a whole little ceremony of, of sitting down and opening them and lit candles and created myself a really beautiful space and a quiet time to do that. And when I first opened the photos, I looked at the first one or two and and I liked them. I thought they were beautiful, but I, I felt kind of neutral looking at the first one or two, maybe three. And then I flipped to one that, ooh, <laughs> literally took my breath away. It made me, I caught my breath and I said out loud, oh my God, there you are. There you are. And I cried. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I said before, I felt like I'd lost parts of myself in that journey through the pain. And looking at that picture and the ones that followed it, brought me back an assurance that I'm still there, that it's still me, and that I'm stronger and better for what I went through, and that I have a lot more to share with other people on the other side of that pain. But it was just very, very cool to look at myself and not just love what I saw, but recognize at a deep, deep level that I'm enough, that the journey we're all on is to just know that. And I set an intention before those photos were made, before that boudoir shot, and that intention was to be fully present and fully engaged and to experience joy in the process. And when you looked at the photos, I could when I looked at the photos, I could see that. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun because there was one, one photo in particular that several people described as fierce when they saw Oh, yeah, it. I know exactly what picture you're talking about. And for me, when I looked at it, my first thought was, there's my warrior. Mm. And 
So anyway, it was very, very interesting. I loved the boudoir shots uh, or the boudoir shoot, and I. We knew that that was going to happen before we got there, and it was kind of hard for me to imagine, you know, the how and the why. But particularly <laughs> the how and following the why. like the, why are we doing this? Yeah. <laughs> why? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's a nice idea, but what's the, you know, why? why? Yeah. What's the point? And of course, after you get there. Mm. And you experience all that is the rendezvous. You totally understand the why. Yeah. And the fact that it gives you an opportunity to see for yourself what's happening. Because it shows on the outside as it, even as things are transforming for you on the inside. Well, it sounds like that um, boudoir photo shoot did its job. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> I remember when I, when I received my photos, I was actually at Sally's house in L.A., and then you sent me yours, and I was like, oh, my God, can I please show Sally? I have to show Sally immediately. And we just sat there, like, going through your photos, being like, oh, my God, these are so amazing. <laughs> I love them. I want them. I know. I Sally, like, them. wants to have copies of them. <laughs> I I just feel like I should have them. <laughs> well, Sally, you probably should because, let's face it, if it were not for you, neither Tyla nor I would have made this journey. <laughs> yeah, you can have all of the sexy photos of us that you want. <laughs> Thank you. That's, That's all right. that I need. That's it. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> you got it. Much. You got it. Oh, Thank boy. you. <laughs> well, Mom, I had another question. Um, I feel like we're coming to the end of our time a little bit, but I, I talked some with Sally about how the creme journey has affected my relationships, and I thought it would be interesting to ask you the same question of how, how have your relationships changed as a result of this journey that you're on? My relationships have gotten stronger, deeper, much more authentic. I feel like that's happened with family members, with my friends, with my clients. And it was interesting to me how quickly a lot of that shifted. I came when I came home from Beautiful for Life, I had the opportunity to have lunch with a friend and a client. And this friend was one that I have known since we were kids. But we don't see each other often at all. And I had not really intended to talk about the experience over lunch. And somehow 
I'm sure it had been on Facebook, and, and so she asked me about the trip and what I went for. So I told her about it, and then I told her about having joined the CRIM and that it was a year-long program and just a little bit about what was happening, but also how I felt about the experience of having been there over that weekend. And when I talked about it, I, I had that, this moment before I answered her question of, well, am I going to just gloss it over and say, you know, it was a women's conference and it was about personal mm-hmm. growth, and, or am I going to really answer <laughs> right. the question? Right, am I going to be honest here? <laughs> Right. Am I gonna right. am I gonna right. am I gonna go right. on the deep dive? <laughs> and I chose to go there. And it was so interesting because after I gave her my answer, I looked at her and her eyes had filled up with tears and she had she looked at me and she said you're one of the most together people I know. If you feel compelled to make that kind of an investment in growth and in knowing more about who you are, she said, I can't even imagine where that leaves the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And that was such a powerful reflection to me of how somebody else saw me. Yeah. And you wouldn't have been able to receive that if you had just glossed over. Right. If I just, if I had just done what I would have done before the experience of being with this beautiful group of women this in Elegant Femme for the weekend. And that, I think, speaks to the level of difference in my all my relationships. I don't think of any relationship as being just an acquaintance anymore because I make a point of being present and being very engaged. And it's amazing how many beautiful conversations I end up in because of it. I love that part of it. And as to what you were saying, Tyla, about the receiving, I I would venture to say that for me, it has always been so easy to give. Mm-hmm. I'm a nurturer. And being in the healing profession, I love to give. And I get from giving, obviously. Probably the most important thing that I've learned during the journey this year is how to receive and how to open up to receiving graciously at much deeper levels and also 
coming to understand how much we lock ourselves from receiving with our beliefs and our attitudes. Yeah. Another thing is that the level of conversation I've always even as we have our mother-daughter relationship I've always considered Tyla my best friend and the level of conversation between us in the weeks following the event changed significantly it was much deeper immediately Mm -hmm. yeah before we'd even really gotten into the creme Right. Love it. So good. Uh, So if you could go back to a year to go today and talk to yourself knowing what you know now, what would you say? I'd say go for it. (laughs) Just go for it. And if you had to describe how you feel now in one word, what would it be? Grateful. Mm. that feels good I am grateful too for both of you taking saying yes to this journey I think it's awesome it's so full of love mom thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today I really I feel like I gained such a deeper understanding of your experience from this conversation mm-hmm. and I'm I'm just so glad that we had the chance to talk about it mm-hmm. well thank you so much for asking me I will be excited to hear this and I did hear your first podcast and wow ladies <laughs> yay thank yay. you she got a special sneak preview <laughs> <laughs> thanks yay so fun um, okay so Tyla, thanks for yeah. being here. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Sally, thanks for being here. You rock. Um, so where can people find you on the internet? Oh, people can find me on the internet at tylafowler.com. Um, that's probably the best place to find me. I'm also on Facebook. And, yeah. Awesome sauce. What about you, Sally? I am on all the social media places at Sally Simply. And you can also find me at unmutedexpression.com or at sallymercedes.com. Any one of those uh, online homes. And I want to quickly thank Zena Hell for our music, our intro and outro music. Um, you can find... We love it so much. I know. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> I kind of just want to hear our podcast just to hear it, which is silly because I guess I, I can just hear the song. It makes me feel so official. <laughs> it's like, awesome. we have intro music. <laughs> uh, you can find her at Zena Hell on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you all to all of our listeners. You guys rock. Our newbie listeners our young little baby podcast and you can 
if you have something lovely to share, um, you can shoot us an email at a year ago podcast at gmail.com if you want to share where you're at or if you have something to share about where you were a year ago today that this has maybe prodded some some thought for you or reflection opportunities yes. for reflection if you've enjoyed this podcast we'd also love for you to share it with somebody else who you think might enjoy it yeah maybe with your best friend just because your best friend should have all the wonderful things that you have access to and subscribe too <laughs> On, on yeah. iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. Be sure to subscribe. <laughs> that was not awkward at all, guys, right? It was great. <laughs> yeah, we should. Maybe we'll write a script for this part going forward. Um, bottom line, we love you. We hope that we will have you joining us again next week. Thanks. Peace out, y'all. Bye.